um, but at the same time, staying true to your expression of being an artist and and knowing that one day it'll all kind of smooth out and become your style, your design, you know. Um, so yeah, so yes, I, I. It took me a while to stop listening to the outside voices and start just really believing in what I'm doing. I can create it. People are going to like it. I can make money doing it. Uh, it. It just became this a full circle at, at one point, and it continues to be. You know, I don't think anything is stagnant. I don't think art can be um, the same all the way across the board for any artist. It has You have to continuously express yourself in different and sometimes challenging ways. Today I'm talking to Mike Hines, floral designer in Chicago. Mike, but it's so great to meet you on Zoom, and I love what I love to see all the the decoration, all the flowers, and the arrangements in the background. Thank you so much. And you're the first florist um, or floral designer that I've spoken to, or that I'm oh. speaking to. Yeah. Well, that's an honor. Thank you so much. You do so many of these, and I've been listening to them, and I really enjoy them so much. So thank you for bringing this to everybody's light. Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy to know that. First of all, tell me, where did your love for flowers start or flower arranging or designing? Yeah, so I think when I was a little boy, my father was really into planting flowers in the front of the house. And I never really realized how that would impact me later in life. So I I have a background in visual merchandising and retail and interior design. Um, loosely, I was just freelancing for somebody at one time and I had taken a vacation to Rome and I was very young and I love having flowers in my hotel room. And so in Rome, I went to this flower cart um, near the Spanish steps and I got myself a very tight pave of freesia. And I brought them to my hotel room and I loved how they were put together. So I took it all apart only to put it back together again, which was a mishap. I didn't know how to do it very well. And so I went back to the man who sold them to me and he showed me how to do it. He had time. Wow. And at the same time, he asked me to stay and help um, with some work he had to do because he was understaffed. And I was very young and I didn't have a job really set up for another month. So I stayed in Rome and I cleaned buckets and I swept floors and I processed flowers. And when we had to set up weddings, we I would help setting that up. And he um, really enjoyed what I did and I was doing a pretty good job, I guess. And so when I came back to the States, I would just look in magazines and copy basically what they were doing when people were hiring me to not only merchandise their showrooms um, and doing some visual merchandising, but also to add flower arrangements to that. And wow. from that, I just started developing my own sense of style with it and realized that I really had an affinity for doing floral design. And then I just branched out from there, just following my gut um, going online and, and seeing what other people were doing, going to Holland and visiting different designers that I really respected. And from all of that, I'm here where I am now after 25 years of doing floral design. Amazing. But that you had this almost this instinct to, to go and do it, you know, to go to this uh, floral shop and, and to ask and that's amazing that you did that. Yeah, I think it comes from my curiosity and being naive to that whole world. And I, I it was, you know, it was instant gratification for me. I, I'm an impatient person by nature. And so I was able to take something perishable, a flower, and create something with it for, and instantly have a reaction to it. Um. Which, which, you know, it, it just kind of solidified that that's probably the avenue of creativity that I should be following in life. And then, uh, but you had the background of design. 
software and yeah. interior design. Did yeah, that so I help knew, you, you think? It did, because I knew color, I knew, yeah. um, you know, spatial aspects of things. I knew um, where, how to place something, where to place it, wh- how it would look good without interfering, but being an accent. I, I think all of that, even in my retail background and my visual merchandising background, I just know what looks good from not just one side, but from all sides. And so I was able to subconsciously integrate that into my designs. Because color is uh, important, but it's also shape, you know, and and mm-hmm. um, and the contra- contrast and things that that goes with floral design, and um, and did you feel that came instinctively, you know, that that came without you realizing that you have that quality? It did. I, I didn't have to. I didn't, and I still don't have to think much about it. Because I know if I stand behind my principle of design and I know um, what flowers I like and I know how to work with certain flowers because they all have their own attitude, if you will, yeah. um, I could use texture and color and 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 um, aspect to create things that people may not have ever seen before or that I actually really love to do before it goes out to a client. But do you think also now um, you are more, as a floral designer, more free to explore um, and mm-hmm. and do different things? Because there was a time when it was very sort of, you know, a specific way of, of doing floral arrangements. Yeah. And I think when I, yes, when I, when I worked with this man in Rome and I, and I have forgotten his name, it's been so many years, but what he said to me was, follow your gut and do what you believe is right and what you think is going to look really good. And they'll let you know if it's bad or if it's good. Uh, okay. um, but at the same time, staying true to your expression of being an artist and and knowing that one day it'll all kind of smooth out and become your style, your design, you know, um, so yeah, so yes, I, I, it took me a while to stop listening to the outside voices and start just really believing in what I'm doing. I can create it. People are going to like it. I can make money doing it. Uh, it. It just became this a full circle at, at one point, and it continues to be. You know, I don't think anything is stagnant. I don't think art can be um, the same all the way across the board for any artist. It has, you have to continuously express yourself in different and sometimes challenging ways. Mm. And this, what, what you're saying about be, having that freedom, that's sometimes uh, difficult, you know, because I, I mean, I spoke to a, to a harpist um, and he says that he plays in a, a jazz music and we talked about improvisation and he said it's difficult for musicians who study classical music uh, music to just suddenly improvise, you know, and I assume it's in your line of work also and and in design, it's very difficult sometimes to have that freedom and to just um, to do it, you know, because you, you have to probably question also, like you say, will, will this be acceptable? Right. I, yes. And all of that is where I've built up to today. Mm -hmm. People hire me now because they like what I do. And they want what I do and what they've not seen before. And I tell my designers and I tell, I have to remind myself that we have to give people something that they haven't seen before, even though it can be really scary for them (laughs) at times because they see something in a magazine or they see something in social media and they want just that, but they don't realize the opportunity of what we can do for them. And so we have to continuously educate and create things that people may not have seen before. So to your point, people now hire me because they like what I do, because I know that the broad range of what I can do um, exists and I can be tailored to their specific need. And I'm, I'm actually really good at that now. I, only because I believe in myself more than I've ever before. You know, I'm not 
20 years old anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so with age, with um, experience, um, with knowing what the possibilities are and what, what I want to do and how to challenge myself, that's what people are buying. But is it, I mean, so you, you must have experimented also over the years. Um, do you still find, you know, new ideas or do, how do you, how do you sort of in, get inspired? That's the number one question everybody asks me. So whenever okay. I do lectures or demonstrations, people are ask me what inspires me. And it, it really just comes down to the flowers or botanicals okay. or foliage or a tree, um, grass, uh, I, um, landscaping. I, I'm, I'm inspired by, let's say something very typical, like a tulip, but it may be a great color and it may be a new tulip coming out of a farmer or grower in Holland. And then I just want to start working with that and experimenting that behind the scenes um, to know that I can actually work with it. And then from that, I stay true to my style, if you will, and then expand on that to show people what is out there that they've never seen before. So I guess I'm inspired by the unknown um, and I'm inspired by nature. So um, you mentioned before that you started really from scratch. You know, you you washed buckets and you um, did that sort of thing. Do you think that part is important um, for, a, for a floral design, that you really do that side of things as well? Yes. Now, in full disclosure, I don't have to do that as much anymore because I've got a team to do that for yeah, me. Yeah. But yes, I think that I can't just show up to work with the flowers ready for me to go and then I just go for it. In a perfect world, yes, I would love that. I would love to just be able to show up and design. But doing the grit, the gritty stuff on the side and getting your hands dirty, washing buckets and cleaning thorns off roses and cutting yourself and actually feeling what you're doing that preps it all to be so you have a perfect product when you're ready to start working with it. Um, yeah, all that's really important. You've got to get your hands dirty um, to appreciate actually what the outcome is of your design. And in, in uh, floral design, for example, I mean, you, you can study it. You can go and, and study floral design. But do you think the... Uh, because this is also something you seem to have uh, taught yourself a lot. So do you right. think it's also important to let go of what you've been told and just go out and let the flowers do the talking for you then? Yes, I think that's very important. But what happened, and I think people should go to somebody or some place to learn the basics of what you need to know. When I teach classes or give lectures, many people don't know just and just my next door neighbor, you know, to be able to cut a flower a certain way or, or, or make the water a certain way or, you know, there's certain things to do. But 90% of the people that go to places to learn how to do flower schools or um, maybe there's even that in a, some sort of a university setting, mostly in Europe, not so much in America, um, they come back and they just regurgitate what they've learned they they're not um tapping into their creativity they're not tapping into their own voice of what could be possible because it's scary you know you if you want to make a business of it you just want a lot of people just want to follow the rules just to get the product out the door i i don't i don't subscribe to that i never have so i <laughs> i haven't subscribed to that in any aspect of my life i just like to do it my way, um, which is scary, but it, but it, in floral design, especially it's worked for me. So, you know, I, yes, I believe in the education of flowers, but, but I don't think a lot of people have the creativity or they don't know that they have the creativity to create things that, um, 
have never been seen before. Mm -hmm. So you think that's this, um, also this idea where you say, okay, uh, everybody can play a piano, but not everybody can be a pianist, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. So, so yes. probably people can do an arrangement, but you wouldn't say that everybody has this real um, feeling for, for what to do with flowers. Yeah, I think people, yes. So anybody can make a flower arrangement. Very true. Very few people can make a business of it. And those that make a business of it, many of them treat it as a business rather than an art. Where I, I've learned how to do both. I can treat it as art and run a very successful business doing it. But the art part of it comes first because I'm able then to sell that um, to support a business. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and um, probably also the business side of things can be restrictive um, mm. because uh, there's a budget then probably. Yeah, there's always a budget. <laughs> How do you um, deal with that? <laughs> what One of the greatest things I have going for me is that I have a business partner that handles all the business part of it. Oh, okay. So I'm able, I mean, I do get reprimanded daily for being over budget or for, or, oh, okay. you know, that. However, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily always listen to that. I, I do stay within a certain budget. Obviously you have to, if you're yeah. running a business doing it, but I know so well flowers and the cost of flowers and what the possibilities are and how I'm going to be able to design something for any specific client or for their needs that I can, I can do both. I, I, I understand the business. I, I, I kind of hug and hold on to the creativity part before the business part. Yeah. Because a lot of artists say this, you know, that that's that business part. That's the difficult part, you know, that they, yeah. Uh, it's doing your thing and being creative, but then there's always this one thing, okay, but, you know, yeah, you have to make money as well. <laughs> yeah, the, my least favorite thing is to write a proposal. I, I okay. it just, I procrastinate yeah. to the very last minute is my least favorite thing because I am dealing with, <laughs> I'm dealing with something that can't be put on paper necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I have it in my head and I can, I can, I can write down the numbers and I can present the numbers, but sometimes when it comes to the day that I have to do the, the designs, um, things change, you know, a flower may die or may not be available or that color is not available or, or I see something better that can happen from it. And I to stay within those boundaries of the budget and the first proposed design, it can, it can be very challenging because it's on paper. And so a yeah. client sees something on paper and they just take it so linear. And so, you know, like this is how it has to be. Um, so what, what makes everyone here nervous is when I kind of branch out from that and say, I think this might be better that day and let's just bring it and see what happens. Knock on wood. I've never gotten a lot of bad feedback from that, but it, it, you don't want to shock a client either because they are actually paying the bill. Yeah. But do you think it's important also that to sort of educate the customer yes. or the, the client? Because, I mean, we don't know much about flowers and you're the one that have yeah. worked with flowers so long. Yeah, absolutely. You have to continuously educate the clients. And I think that's why um, on social, social media has been a great aspect of that because we can show people what's possible in a picture, but further than that, we can do a reel or do a video where they actually can see things happening and they, and it really excites yeah. them from the feedback we get. That's educating the client. Um, if they are looking at a catalog of what you do and they choose something and then you just repeat that, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that because then they're saying the client wants the best right and they want to be different but it's scary and i don't know if, if you have a good personality behind it and you can stand behind your design and give them something new and exciting uh, 
uh, that's the biggest reward for me. Well, yeah, you talk about Instagram. This is how I found, uh, saw you and, and mm-hmm. found you. And this is amazing how social media have now changed that how we see things and, and what are you able to show. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think social media, you know, we and I remembered starting the, actually last year on the Epic Floral social media page, not my personal page, but the Epic Floral page, I was really getting frustrated because we weren't getting traffic and I didn't know why I couldn't understand it. And then I thought, well, maybe there's just too many flowers out there and people have so much to choose from. And then there's the greatest floral designers in the world that have probably a social media staff that's handling all their media for them. And one day with one arrangement that was completely simple and I just did it on a whim because I had some leftover stuff, it went viral. And then it, and then it didn't stop from there. And we grew, you know, 130,000 followers um, within a week. And now it's con- now it's almost a side business to <laughs> keep up with. Keep it up, yeah. Giving people new content and sharing things that I love um, that I hope other people embrace as well. Yeah, because I think it also opens um, our eyes to what is possible, you know, what, what you're creating, what you're making. I love your page, by the way. It's Thank you. I think it's true for all artists, though, that yeah. the artists and the people that I follow on social media inspire me in a way that they're showing me something that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And they're, and you can tell they're working really hard at it and that they're showing me something new. They're showing me the possibilities that that's all our job is to do is to show people that there's so much more out there. Um, and then when they can actually attain it and touch it and feel it and be close to it, 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 it really changes a person's aspect on the art of floral design, for instance. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I've spoken to a choreographer just recently and he said the same thing that you have to be open, you know, you have to, look and listen and and uh, you know observe and take all that in to to shape what you're doing so that's mm-hmm. totally true what you're saying and you know when i do classes or workshops and i or i do lectures or demonstrations and people can actually touch and feel and and suddenly they tap yeah. into creativity they don't realize they have and then they create something that i've modeled for them they walk out here they walk out of here with their designs. They're taller. They're they brag about it. They're excited about it, um, and, and it keeps them coming back for more. It's almost an addiction. They they want to keep creating and they want to keep um, knowing that there's something new out there. And it's not just the flowers you see at the grocery in a in a bag. It's it's yeah. it's beyond that. It's bigger than that. But I think also because you have that energy, you know, of uh, try something new and and always uh, exploring, that you also give that over to whoever is in front of you, you know, and, and who you're yeah. teaching. It does make a difference because I have gone to lectures or workshops um, in Europe, for instance, or in Holland, for instance, and the designer is very some of them are very reserved and within themselves and you always feel like you're doing something wrong and, and you, you just want to be on your best behavior and just really copy what they do. Um, which is really hard for me to do, but <laughs> there are the other ones that have, um, I don't know. I don't know. They just, they're street smart and they, they know how to speak to people and make people feel comfortable. And, and I, I start all my classes saying, just tap into your creativity and just, just express yourself. You don't have to make yours look like mine. You know, just here are the basic tools. Here's the product. Just create and have a good time doing it. And and it really does change people's aspect of how they view yeah. flowers. It changes how they buy flowers. It changes who they hire to do their event. It It really changes a lot. And it goes back to just the education of it and letting people be free to just express themselves. 
And now tell me, uh, when you started, uh, can you see now this uh, whole evolution within you and, uh, you know, and, and things have changed for you? Yeah, I'm far more confident in what I do. Um, I believe in what I do. Uh, there are, you know, there's still hurdles and there's still scary things. And that's just the unknown. I don't, you know, if something is new to me, uh, I get a little nervous working with it, but it doesn't stop me from doing that. Where I think as a young person, I would just stop doing that and go back to what I know. Uh, I, I now challenge myself more. I don't want to become stagnant. I don't want to stop loving what I do. Um, Yes, there are times where I just need a week off because my hands hurt or oh, yeah. <laughs> my brain hurts from overthinking things. Um, yeah, the evolution came with com comes with the package of having more confidence and, um, it, you know, I always used to live in the right now when I was designing, and now I can do that, but I can also look forward to what's what's coming. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, you see, I see product in Japan, for instance, on social media and think, how can I get my hands on that? Because I want to work with it here. Or if it's coming from Australia, one day I want this certain bloom or this certain foliage, but it's in Australia. How am I going to get that? So I can look forward to that and also live within the moment of when I actually design something. Whereas when I was younger, I just thought, I'm going to go to the market today and this is what I'm going to do. And then tomorrow's another day. And, and I know a lot of people want to live that way where they're like, tomorrow's another day, you know, just yeah. live in the moment. And I, and I do, but my moments don't last very long. I can do a design in 15 minutes or a half hour, but then I have to be on to the next thing. And I want to keep moving that way. Otherwise, I feel like I'm going to get too... Um, restless or I'm going to get um, kind of bored with what I do. And I don't want that to happen. Well, I, you mentioned now Australia and Japan, but have you worked with the Pratia from South Africa? Yes. And I love it so much. And it's in season mm. again. And I, and people love it because they're, it's not available at the grocery store. So here yeah. you go to a grocery and you just get these average ordinary flowers. They're beautiful. It's where people buy flowers now. It's in America. It's great. However, when you see a protea, it's so exotic to people. <laughs> that, yeah. And the gamut of the way they look from, from New Zealand or from South Africa, they're just such a great flower, you know? And yeah. they're sturdy and they, they, make a, they make a presence and they, they're fun to work with. So, yes, I, I love South African product very, very, very much. Well, I must say, I, I grew up with, I mean, I grew up in South Africa. This is really? why. Yeah, yeah. And um, the Pratia, or every every time I see a Pratia uh, anywhere in Europe, it makes me so uh, homesick. And yeah, there's that, something about the Pratia, yeah, that, that makes me miss home very much. Yeah, so like I said, I see them now in the market, and I, I just get so excited. Or I can go online and order what I need to order through the auction in Holland, and I just, there's just nothing like a protea. And people are, you say people like the protea there. They love it. Everyone loves it. Nobody's ever offended by it. Really? <laughs> Nobody, you know, even in the most beautiful design that's very feminine and soft, you can yeah. put, and like a Arctic ice protea a white protea in there and it, it suddenly just changes everybody's attitude about what that design is and how it's so sturdy and it when you surround it with beautiful soft things it, it just it, I, I don't know people people yeah. truly love it they don't that's what i love about my job is that sometimes people think they don't like something until I work with it for them in a different way that they would expect it to be worked with. And then suddenly they love it. It could be a carnation, for instance. Everyone here dislikes carnations. They just think they're, I don't know what they think they are, cheap, ugly. I don't know. They're just a beautiful, such a beautiful flower. <laughs> and they last long and the colors are wonderful and they smell good. And when you incorporate yeah. that in a different way than just a bunch in a vase, sometimes people don't realize they're carnations. 
And yeah, so it's fun I, to sneak things in like that. Yeah, but I, I, this is what I wanted to ask you now, because I, I think we all have flowers that we are less fond of. And um, yeah. and yeah, and but do you have flowers that you're less fond of? Uh, yeah. Or did yes. it change for you over the years? It's also. never changed. There's a, I don't like sunflowers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never been a fan of a sunflower. I think they're just very pedestrian. I don't like the yellow. The, that color yellow is very mm -hmm. jarring to me. If I do work with a sunflower, I tend to take off all the petals. So it's just the green backing and the brown center. Oh. Um, that I don't That's mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like the chocolate, the dark brown sunflowers, but... For the most part, I don't like sunflowers. They're messy. They're dirty. They're hard. They tilt down. They're just hard to work with. Yeah. I tend to push them to the side. Mm -hmm. I I also don't work with a lot of color yellow. Um, really? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just not the right color yellow. Most of the times it's not the right color yellow. So I just don't, I don't like it. Well, you don't need to because you're the sunshine yourself. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um and and it's funny, a lot of my clients or a lot of people out there, when they order flowers or want flowers in their home or in their offices, they ask me no yellow. Really? I, I don't know I don't know where that comes from, but I'm more than happy to accommodate it because I'm not yeah. a fan of yellow either. <laughs> so nothing has changed for you since um, working with flowers that you still don't like the sunflower. There's no way you can um, get around only that. If, only if I um, change the way it looks. Oh, okay. By picking off the petals, or that's interesting for me that you. But that's that's how it is, you know. It's I think it's yeah. uh, everybody has their preference of, and then and on the other hand, what is the flower that you really love working with? Is or that I would say is uh, your sort of statement flower? Mm -hmm. I get asked that a lot too, and it's really hard. It just depends on the season. It depends on what the flower is. I because I I really I know you know I look at a flower sometimes and I and I think it's it's gonna sound really corny, but it's like talking to me or or it doesn't talk to me. And oh, wow. I yeah. and I give them a personality and I give them their own stage. I I truly love tulips um because I I can work with them. And I know how to manipulate them and make them do what I want them to do. And I know which flowers can die really fast that I just don't like working with because it's I can get them and then in like by the next day when I want to start working with them, they're dead. I so I, I really kind of know flowers and there's no flower that I truly love or work with all the time because I need to mix it up. It's just so many different textures and colors and scents. And yeah, I, I've always loved carnations, though. That's why I think that when people say they hate carnations, I'm just like, really? I, that's too bad because I think it's a fantastic flower. There's nothing I don't like about it. Well, I think it's um, the flower of the fairies. So it is a beautiful flower. It is beautiful. And yeah. I mean, let's face it, all flowers are beautiful. Yeah. Flowers, the bottom line or at the end of the day, flowers are there to make people happy. Mm. If, you know, people are always happy when they see flowers. Mm. People lose that happiness when the flowers die. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know, there's a big value in being happy. Mm. You can go to Starbucks and be happy for an hour after you drink your coffee. But that's it. When you have flowers, you have a good week. Yeah. Or five or ten days to enjoy it and stay happy. And I think we, we underestimate also the power of the flowers because I, I'm a little bit into essential oils and I believe that the, the scent of the flowers, mm -hmm. you know, that's this, that's something that does something to us that we don't realize, you know. Yeah. And so I, and I think it's subconscious or it's, you're using all these senses, right? So you can touch the flower, you can see the flower, you smell the flower. Yeah. Uh, you can use the flower for tea or for medicinal purposes. Yeah. Um, there's so many parts of the flower to make you happy.
and to make your life a little bit better for for as long as it lives. And I think many people know that, but mm. they always go back to the cost and how much it's going to cost. And I always go back to the saying, you know, you're buying you're buying coffee at the coffee shop for $7 and you can actually buy two roses for that and put it, or maybe one nice rose, one really unique yeah. rose. And I you would have it longer and it would make you happy longer than caffeine. So, yeah, I, no, definitely. You know? And and also that the association with flowers is also always something about happiness you know it's always somebody giving some flowers to somebody else and it's all yep. weddings and it's you know that sort of thing so they're so important you know I, yeah. people think that it's just an accessory but it's i have clients who get flowers in their home every week from us and it's because they it brings them joy and they're happy and it makes their home happy for guests um so there is this residual part of once you buy the flowers, everything that comes from that, it could be subconscious even, yeah. but people can really tap into it. I think it's very, very important. And I, I think it's as important as food. Mm-hmm. I, I think that florists don't always get the recognition like a, that a chef would, for instance. Yeah. But what a chef is doing is they're creating something to fill you and, and we need food to survive, right? We don't necessarily need flowers to survive, but flowers will make happy longer than a plate of food, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so I think that it's really important that it all kind of works together mm-hmm. um, harmoniously to, to be fed, to have shelter, to have flowers, to have clothing. Yeah, it, you know, I, I always... When there's when there's a war or there, when there's some great strife in this world and you and they pan into these meetings of world leaders sitting around a big table, inevitably there's always a flower arrangement. Yeah. Or at their podium, yeah. there's flowers in front of the podium, and and I believe they're there not only because they make people more comfortable, but it, it kind of softens the the message that they're giving you at the same time absolutely true yeah i never thought of that but that's true yeah so i think it calms people down Mm. it makes you sit back and listen and it doesn't make everything seem so black and white yeah you're absolutely right i never and i'll notice it now i'm going to know i hope so yeah no definitely and um, also in a home, I think when you see flowers in a home, it it always looks for me like it it brings that homeliness, you know, that, that atmosphere with it. Yeah, and people, it, it makes your guests believe that people are paying attention to making you feel yeah. good in their homes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not a big deal to have a bunch of flowers in your house or just a bouquet sitting on a counter or on your coffee table. It It doesn't take much to do that. And and you will be happier for it, for sure. Absolutely. No, Unless it's poorly designed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I think it's a little jarring. So you have to have the right person designing it or learn how to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can all come to Mike. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> please, please. But Mike, <laughs> but um, in New York, is it, um, no, you're in, you're in Chicago. I've done work in New York, though. No, but in Chicago, is it uh, difficult to uh, have a floral design business? Is it something that's... I think it's difficult anywhere. And I think mm-hmm. that you have to be really good at what you do and have a good business. Mm-hmm. You have to have the business part of being taken care of for you, for sure, bottom yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Um, during COVID, during the pandemic, we didn't close. We had people wanting flowers because it made them happy. Mm. And it wasn't hard for us to do that. During COVID, during the pandemic, we I kept doing workshops two a week because really? people wanted to get out and do something. All I had to do is make sure the space was clean, that we wore masks and were protected, and that people were spread out enough to feel comfortable. And 
that's when my workshops boomed. People, I couldn't, I would put them online and they would sell out immediately. People needed social interaction. They needed a place to be creative and they needed to go home with something that was beautiful that would make them happy. So, um, yes, any place it's hard to have a floral business, any place. I I think it's hard to have a business period nowadays yeah. of any sort. Um, and then when you tap into something that's more artistic and you're working with something perishable like a flower, you've doubled down on how hard that is. Mm. Um, but oh. if it's run correctly and you believe in it and you're able to continuously evolve, um, I can speak for myself that that has worked for us. And mm-hmm. there's not... There's a lot of florists out there, but mm. there's not a lot of um, art-focused florists like ourselves. We well, don't have a shop. You know, we do not open to the public. Oh, People I see. Find, okay. We've never advertised. People yeah. find us on social media or through word of mouth Amazing. or through friends. Mm. And I'm able to come and have a quiet environment for which to work mm. and get people their flowers early in the morning. We buy fresh flowers so if somebody places an order tonight, tomorrow morning I go to the market to see what's fresh. And then we process that, clean them up, and then I'm able to design with them and they go out the door that same day. So we don't have a big waste as, as okay. well. So people are getting the freshest, best product at a more expensive price, but, but, but we're hands-on and we're doing it specifically mm-hmm. for people and designing um, being able to design and be creative at the same time without wasting things. But I'm so glad you mentioned about uh, during the pandemic because this is also a part of why I do this project is to show that we um, we always refer back to art when when something happens. You know, in during lockdown, you, you I've spoken to many. Um, artists you know say music musicians and ballet dancers and what they did was either started painting or they started cooking or they started baking and now you're saying okay they were people doing floral designs and um and it just shows you the moment that we are sort of uh, the world stopped what did we do we all wanted to create you know it is a natural instinct in us to do that Yes, I think when people are given the tools mm-hmm. to be creative, even if to, even if to watch art or mm-hmm. to admire it from afar, that's what we always will go back to. We, yeah. It'll it'll always fall on that. And without creativity, there's no um, innovation. So, so people know that in order to keep moving and keep the world moving, even if it's subconscious and they're not, they don't know it specifically, in order to keep things moving and keep things new and fresh and exciting and something to look forward to, we have to have creativity and we can't stifle yeah. that. So when people are given the opportunity and the tools coming to me for a floral design workshop or going to learn how to make pottery, or going to a cooking class, or even learning to dance. You know, you can do that at any age. You can learn how to play an instrument at any age. Yeah. Um, being able to have those outlets um, create that innovation in this world that we will always absolutely need, bottom line, for sure. Yeah. Well, I you hear many stories of people who whose lives changed and and who did something you know during that time and that really put them on a totally different path. Yeah. And sometimes it was something creative that they started doing. So it's true what you're saying. It's absolutely so important for us to to be able to create and even to to watch, you know, and see something beautiful and something like. Uh, a floral design that's mm-hmm. absolutely true i also think it's important for creatives and artists to support other artists and creatives yeah we get fuel from that and you know perhaps there's things out there that i don't like um specific to me but 
but I can look at art in any aspect, um, music, dance, um, painting, flowers, cooking. And I think that, and I, and I admire it because it takes a lot of guts Mm -hmm. and to put your work out there for people to admire and to see. And even if you've touched one or two people, it's all that matters really, but we have to support other creatives and artists need to support each other um, in many, many different ways for that to keep growing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you, my grandmother was a florist as well nice. years ago in, in Dresden in Germany, and she used to make the floral arrangements for the opera singers for after the performance. Oh, that's beautiful. And, yeah, and what you're saying now just reminded me of that, is that um, actually if you think of it after this whole performance, the flowers are the important way of saying thank you, you know, or or yep. giving that acknowledgement to the performers. Yep. So what an important part that is also um absolutely form of art. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point before is that we send flowers to people to cheer them up. You yeah. know, if they're sad or if it's their birthday or <laughs> it, yeah. it's always the spark of to cheer them up or to thank them. Mm-hmm. We get many orders for people just saying thank you. Um, and using flowers to do that, yeah. And it yeah. and it it kind of just says you've done a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Here's some flowers. <laughs> totally, yeah. But now, Mike, tell me um, about you've done so much already, and um, it's you've got such a great story to tell. And but what is still the wishes for you for the future? Uh, I know. I think about that often um, because I'm not young anymore. <laughs> my, my hands hurt. Okay. Um, I love lecturing and doing demonstrations. I I want to be a little more global with that and travel more with that um, and bring it to different places the way I do my craft. Um, so that's on our agenda. Um for certainly and for sure my education to other people is is far from done i there's so much more to see and do and there's so many more ways of expressing things that i have in me that i want to show people um i've already written a book which was really hard to do so that's about that was about six or seven years ago that was a very hard thing but i think there's another one in me somewhere And I um, just want to muster up the courage to get that done one day or the time. Like I said, I'm very impatient and those things take years to develop. So maybe that's in the future as well. But what is the book about? So I did a a book. It's not. Um, I don't like to be, I don't like to write too many words. So (laughs) I made made a coffee table book of some of things I've, I wanted it to be very dark and very masculine and and to show people what is possible and what what's in me and what I can do. That's why my lectures and demonstrations are great because I can actually show people this range of what I can do and not just to show them that, but also it, it helps me be more tap into my creativity more yeah. to really um, express myself on a larger scale. Um, so the book was meant to just have little antidotes about what flowers mean to me, um, but mostly just pictures of what I've 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 done specifically Amazing. for that book. Mm. Yeah, it was really not. It was it was it was nice to develop that. It was just yeah. what comes after that: the editing, oh, <laughs> the, okay. yeah. the the traveling, the the trying to sell it it, it just it, the, there's a lot that goes into just doing a book it's not mm-hmm. always that glamorous yeah i can imagine and but it, do you have a link um that i can put in the description um the they book? so it's sold out on amazon but you can okay. go to our website epicfloral.com okay. and it's in our shop area oh mm-hmm. okay so i'll put that link anyway in the description of your shop yeah, yeah. thank you but Mark, this was so great talking to you. 
It was so great to talk to you too from so far away. I know it's yes. but I really do appreciate you reaching out and I do love um, your interviews on social media. Yes. I think they are really fantastic to hear other artists talk. You know, a lot of times yeah. you don't hear them. They just you just kind of see them where they're behind the scenes and it's really great to bring them to the forefront. So I really do appreciate that. Oh no, it's a great pleasure. And I learn so much from everybody because you know, hearing these stories and it's always so interesting. And I think the more people listen, because I think many things are also um, you know, we have preconceived ideas about things and and it's like you say you know you you receive a flower the flower arrangement but um you don't realize it is a form of art you know not like i say not everybody can do it well you can make arrangements but you take it to a totally different level and you, it's a form of art so for me i'm trying to discover all the different forms of art um and that's that's why i'm talking to people yeah, you know, flowers are my medium. It's not unlike an artist's paint is their medium or, you know, a, a dancer's stage or, you know, there's just many, or music. There's just so many ways to be creative. Um, and it was, I'm really fortunate that I paid attention to what I was actually instinctively good at. Yeah. The flowers, like you say, the flowers speak to you. I believe mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Every day I have flowers in my life. So yeah. How lucky, how lucky you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Mike, whenever you come to Vienna, please let me know. I, I would love will. to have a coffee with you and talk more flowers. I look forward to that day. Okay. Thank you so a, very much. Have a lovely afternoon. You too. And Thank I hope you. to see you soon. You will. Thank you so very okay. much. Bye. Bye.